of giving the tip. Ooh. This article you wrote. <laughs> Why do you keep coming back to this? Why? What article? The About art- the booty? Yes. Oh. About playing with your man's That didn't booty. go well. Dudes wasn't ready. Y'all not ready. You, you were talking to a bunch of middle-aged men about their so, assholes. For the record, I think... Oh, that's a cute bag. For the record, I think there are a lot more men who are being anally stimulated than I'm are going to be commenting on that piece. Probably. So, there's that. Um... In your heart of hearts, because you referenced the Kanye Amber Rose, mm-hmm. who is telling the truth, in your opinion? She was, of course. Why would she, for what reason would she lie? To embarrass him? They were fighting. They're in the middle of arguing. Of course, on, and it was insult. On Twitter. It was supposed to be an insult. Um, you know what? I would not know for sure, but that, except for the way he responded. I don't know nobody back there. Nope, not me. Also, yeah, yeah. what Amber did is the exact reason... Of course. Why dudes don't want to even get involved with that. Somebody didn't read my story. I did read it. That's why I'm bringing it up. I'm bringing it up. I'm talking about it like oh. I hadn't mm-hmm. that so much so that the people who are listening will understand what we're talking about. Oh, okay. Yes, that is exactly uh, nice try, though, for set, trying to call me set out. set us back for a bit um, is that she made it clear that it was something to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. Which it's not. Um, But like, when you were doing that, when you were playing in his booty hole, as she said, were you thinking to yourself, ew, I can't wait to make sure I know that? Like, what made you think, let me hold on to this to throw back at him one day? Because clearly you had this as ammunition. I I don't think that happened as it was happening, though. So she was, she thought it was natural and normal and awesome. And but yet, when it came down to a time to embarrass him, this is it. what she launched. Right. Which means that she knew then that it was launchable. Because there's a world where this is the first time it's happened to Kanye. Right. In which case. It's not, but there is a world. Sure. Um, I doubt it. I think that he was probably getting it in in that way before Amber. I think he probably told her that he liked it. Mm-hmm. Um all the more reason for her to be able to lob this at him later. Right. So I think that's unfortunate. And I think it's unfortunate in general that men still have this hurdle with that. And I think we're a far cry away from uh, from that not being a thing. A far cry away. Well, I mean, I told you manhood rule number one that my father gave me as a child. Uh, be careful how you eat a banana. No, no. Don't it, use a straw. Don't use a straw. Men don't use straws. Men don't use straws. Yeah, uh, the irony again being that if you ever saw my father eat an ice pop or a banana, not even, not even forget the the ice pop. Okay. Just unnecessarily graphic, and he had no clue that he was just like slobbing on a fucking ice pop. A white penis like. It's like, dude, what thing. You, like, do you see yourself? Um, in the story, there were only three comments. Um. And I don't think there were any men of color who commented. Nope. It was one white man and three white women. The first one said, ooh, pegging. It's about time. 
90% of the articles about anal sex are where women are the receivers. Like, we're the only ones with an anus. If it's so much fun, let's hear about how we can share that pleasure around. Is that true? Yeah, for sure. Unless it's an article about gay men. Hmm. But if we're talking about straight anal sex, who is talking about the dude taking a, anything up his ass? When we're so, talking about straight anal sex. It's actually, always the man having sex with the woman. Actually, that's what it is. I'm thinking about salad tossing, which has become more of maybe an equal conversation. Just, maybe should I, I should have just talked about that. But I didn't use that terminology either. But uh, someone else said, good for you for bringing this up. An erogenous zone is an erogenous zone is an erogenous zone. Why miss out? And then Steve said, I would love to say something about this, but oh, the shame. Except Steve. <laughs> You've already outed yourself. Except it's Steve Kaiser, um, who's been a media member since August 2019. Why are you putting the man's full... Go- well, I guess it's already on there anyway, so it doesn't matter. Steve did this, not me! <laughs> what the heck? Anyway, um, men only have two emotions, horny and hungry. That's a lie. If you see a man without a heart on, make him a sandwich. Huh. That's an actual comment? That's a that's a something that Steve clapped on. It has a list of all the things he clapped on. Wow. That's interesting. That's not a good look. I mean, Shane, you know that this person is probably it's one of those, you know, we're simple. Blah, blah, blah. It's not that hard to understand us. Blur, blur. I get Except it. we're not. I get not annoyed simple. at that. I actually, I get annoyed at that. That men are very easy to figure out and know we are what we are on our faces. Like, I, I can't stand that. But it's true. But it's not. I think we've presented ourselves in a very oversimplified way to avoid being dug into. And... Yeah, some of that's probably our fault at all in terms of you know the, the gender and all. But no, we're not simple. It's the same way I get annoyed at the bungling dad trope. Mm-hmm. You know, every commercial dad's got the kids for the day and it's a mess. And I remember um, years ago, not years ago, a couple of years ago, there was a Mother's Day commercial from, I want to say Zales or one of the jewelry companies. Mm-hmm. And the dad is bitching and moaning about Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, he's son. He's bitching and moaning about it? Yeah. He doesn't want to get something? No. So Sam with his son's like, all right, son. So it's Mother's Day, which means we have to go get brunch, which is basically means we're going to have to eat eggs and blah, blah, blah. First, I'm like, fuck you. Everybody loves brunch. Stop bitching. And he's like, so I'm not going to be. And the, the commercial ended up being like, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Julia commercial. It was a, a Weber commercial for grills. Mm. So at the end of the thing, he somehow ends up magically magically getting to grill for Mother's Day as opposed to going out. And I'm like, that's not the the dudes in my world mm-hmm. are not complaining about brunch. No, that's true. But or, it, 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 as usual, you come from a very intellectual bourgeoisie. East Coast, New York-centric way of thinking. And commercials are not made for you. They're made for flyover states. And there are many more men who bumble fatherhood and who want the Weber than don't. 
Maybe you want the Weber, but bumbling fatherhood. There are many more fathers who are bumbling fucking idiots than are not. I I'm refuse sorry. to believe that. It's a fact. Go on Facebook. Go on Twitter right now. But who? But so there are way more men who don't know how to do it right so, than so, there are who do. So that's my question. When I go on Facebook and Twitter, what am I looking for to to get this? Ask that question. Ask. I think that there are more. This is you. Mm -hmm. There are more men out here who know what they're doing and get it done right and don't have to bumble around and getting it wrong than there are men who don't. And your people who comment will say, no, sorry, actually. The dudes will be like, nah, I fuck it up. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I neither did any dudes I know. Uh, now, when you say bumbling, there are levels to that. So you have a father who drives their child to school drops them off in car line and goes back home without realizing that that's not that child's school. You got that? Because that's the thing. So that's the super tropey. That's the super That's, that's sitcom or, stupidity. Uh -huh. But it's not because it's real life. And I know more than one father who's done that. Not just took your child to school and school was closed. Took your child to school. That's not your child's school. Sorry. It's not your child's school. Your child doesn't go there. I could do it all day, Shane. Men bumble shit. Fathers bumble. There's lots of fathers who don't, but there are many more who do. Unfortunately, is the, is the patriarchy dead? Because you know the patriarchy leads to poor fathers, right? You know that that's a that's a, it, it's right there. It's parallel. We have the patriarchy. It leads to fathers who don't get taught things. They're not fathers aren't dumb. A lot of times it's just a matter of being coddled by, their, by the mom or the wife or whatever and not getting the knowledge you need to make things happen. So we don't have, women don't have magic hands to braid. We just get taught how and we do it all the time. So if a man was taught how and did all the time, he'd be able to do it as intricate the styles that we do. It's not some type of special magic we have. It's just practice. Someone said today on Twitter, I hope that my first child is a daughter. Because then the child, the children I have after that will have someone to help them. They'll have their big sister to help take care of them. And I was like, well, goddamn, your unborn child, you're not even married yet. And this mythical unborn child has already been given a job. You hope that your first child is a girl so that she could take care like a fucking mule of all the other children that come after. So those brothers that she's going to have, are going to be the fathers who don't know how to do the things because they're not taught how to do their things. We still live in a world where mothers raise their daughters and love their sons. That's still the world we live in and I see it on my own social media every single day. Our chill, our girls I wanna argue are washing dishes at six and our boys are playing video games at 40. I won't argue that that exists. And so has that's existed. what creates tropey, bumbling dads. That's how I know for a fact that more dads are bumbling than the ones that are. Because the only ones who can do it right are the ones who either A, were raised differently, or B, took it upon themselves to make a vow. Like, I'm going to do this this particular way. But I also feel like tropes become tropes because they, because they become less and less accurate. And that's true. Things are getting which is better. what makes it tr which so that's I think that's the thing though I'm not saying that that doesn't exist or hadn't existed, but it's not the only narrative that exists. Of course not, and it never was. My dad, 
my mom never cooked a meal in her life. In the 70s and 80s, she has her husband cooking every single meal for his family. That's we, unusual. We've been so together. They were always, they were always going to be different, um, different narratives. There's never going to be one. Right. But the fun one to tell, well, fun, quote, unquote, one to tell is a dad that doesn't know how to do basic shit. No. The one to tell is the dad that doesn't know how to do basic shit. Because unfortunately, that's still the majority. Are there more and more and more dads who get the opportunity to really raise their children and be hands-on? Because we have more disposable income and we have jobs that are more flexible and all that good stuff? Absolutely. Especially in black households. But sorry, Shane. The typical... You give me 10 fathers who have children, seven of them are bumbling. I even think about... Um, but what you said to me last. Now, I think about what you said to me last night when I got home. When you like. <laughs> so what I said last night, mm-hmm. um, I was just kind of like walking around, cleaning up, straightening things before bed, and I looked at the kitchen sink, and it was full of dishes, and the dishwasher was full of clean dishes. So it was like this gridlock thing going on, and the first thing I thought was, God, I hope that Shane comes home early enough to handle this right here because this is not okay. And then I realized what I was thinking. And so I said, Aaliyah, this is not the necessary dynamic here. This is not her responsibility. Keeping in mind that all the dirty dishes were mine. It wasn't even like, oh, he made some big, huge dish and he left all the stuff in there. These were all my dirty dishes that I had created over the past two hours. You know what this is a perfect example of? What? Reverse patriarchy. It's a scorn. This is matriarchy. Matriarchy. It's terrible. So I did not like that I thought that way, especially since it's not like we ever sat down and was like, okay, you're always in charge of the dishes because I would never want that. Or you're always whatever. The so. level of guilt that you had because as soon as I walked in the door, I felt terrible. <laughs> as soon as I walked in the door, I was like, I washed the dishes. Look, and, and here's why. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I put the dishes away and I washed the dishes and put some in the dishwasher and turned on the dishwasher. It took me like 15 minutes. It wasn't that deep. But I definitely had started getting a little comfortable with the fact that that was like your lane. And maybe you will do it more often depending on what the schedule looks like. But I don't think I'm in a place now where I want to feel like that's your thing. Right. Um, And again, that's a very random example of dudes and dads trying to do better. And I'm not even going to say I was that person forever. Like, having a dishwasher is a game changer. Of course. Um, But there's still a lot to be done in there. I guess I want more of that story told. Like, Because the other part part too with tropes is if the story is constantly about the dad who fucks up and bungles and everything else, there's really no North Star to be like, do better. I think serious. I think I think there's something to telling stories of men, women, whatever the scenario is, of people doing better that drives better behavior. I know, but if you're talking about a Weber commercial, like you're asking for a lot. I am. I um, want a lot. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, I think that what's what's better 
instead of wanting the stories to change, you have a six-year-old boy who right now has to listen to you. And right now you have his ear. You can do monumentally more with him and with Maisie than with us talking about whatever you might do that's different. Like, I would love for you to ask uh, your friend, I won't say his name, but he has a newborn son. Um, just because that's one person I know that, you know, that you know has a, a child. What mm-hmm. his, what is he doing? How many diapers is he changing a day? You know, what, how much, how hands-on is he with this baby? Who gets up in the middle of the night if the baby starts crying? Um, all those things. Because... Let me tell you something. The, the the trope, the bumbling dad, that's the comedic part. But the sad part about that bumbling dad is the inattentiveness and the lack of help that he's providing. Because those are the same dads. Right. Um, so and those and, and, all go into the and, same and category. The, I'd love to know. You also of, have a friend who has quite a few children. And I'd love to know the dynamic there with how oh, hands-on. Oh, I can tell you the dynamic with that one. He's able... Um, He's able to be. So he's, you have, I don't want you to tell dude. me, I don't want you to tell me specifics, but you have fathers in your circles mm-hmm. um, that I'm sure you can see just how problematic it can still be. Um, it's better for sure, but it ain't there enough that we can stop talking about bumbling fathers. Because unfortunately, that's still the majority. I mean... I still argue that part, though. I mean, as much as I can. Like, the idea of it being the majority. That's so easy. That's so easy to, you know, there are actual stats we can look at right now that would pull that up easy. Like, all we'd have to do is figure out what numbers we agree will help us get there. Like, whether or not it's how many single fathers there are or how many self-reported, you know, I don't, how many men get up with their children at night? How many men take paternity... Dude, you know 1% of men are taking paternity leave? How could you not bumble when you go back to work the next day after your child is born? Dudes don't take paternity leave. So from day one. Some of that is also societal pressure. I don't care. We're not talking about what the reasons are for the behavior. We're talking about the behavior. So how could we not end up with a majority of men are bumbling when the majority of men don't take any time off to even know the day-to-day whatever of being with a newborn child. They're not even expected to do that. So how would they magically be not bumbling? So let's think. I was saying that I don't think the issue is that they're not expected to. They're actually pushed not to. Correct. They are. We know that. So that's how I know that the majority of men are bumbling. Because the majority of men are pushed away from not being bumbling. You know, when my daughter was newborn, she couldn't sleep. I think I told you this before. And Jermaine, my friend Jermaine, had a son. They're close in age. And we would talk on the phone while they were crying and try to, whatever, survive. And each night at about 1 a.m., that's when they would get really ramped up. Just and I would hear his wife say, "All right, Jermaine, go to bed," and it would be time for him to go to bed, and she would take the baby, 
And I would be like, wait, what's happening now? And he'd be like, I got to go to bed. I'll be back up at about six. And I would have the rest of that night, I'm still on duty and I'm looking at my then husband like, is he supposed to be up? Like, it never dawned on me that we would share that load of baby stays up all night. To me, you have a baby, your baby stays up all night, you stay up all night. It never dawned on me that you could have different dynamics and different, what are you doing? I'm playing with the audio program. You are playing with your story. I'm not. I You can come right here right now. Hands in the air. I'm, it's the audio. I'm tweaking the audio. We'll stop. Fine. <laughs> now, in, 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 I'm, I promise you on that. Um, I slept on the couch for the first Like, how are you doing months. a podcast with someone and you're not even looking at them? So part of doing or a po- engaging. so part of doing a podcast is making sure all the things are still running because you know as well as I know we've done whole shows where I've been attentive and focused on you and shit was not recording. <laughs> can we acknowledge that one too? Yes, yes, right. we can acknowledge that. But no, I've spent the first I think three or four months sleeping on the couch. I know, like with my son. I know, and so you mentioned the two dads that you mentioned, and the one with the newborn. I think he's better than a lot, but not as good as some. Mm-hmm. Um, dad with the five children, he cooked, cleaned. He did. He was an equal partner in all the things. Mm-hmm. It was it was amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. And I want to say with five kids, it's hard not to be that way, but we know better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen a full. I mean, we see a full range of dads. Like my dad was kind of old school patriarchy e dad but he cooked mm-hmm. and while he was telling me you know don't sip on straws and mm-hmm. all that other nonsense mm-hmm. so th- there's certainly ranges to it i guess i don't i'm not in the space where i'm expecting the expecting the bungling selfish dad narrative to disappear i just wish there were more of more of a range mm. because the other part too is when there is the article or the show highlighting the dad that's really trying, it's the, the response is, you know, does he deserve a cookie for doing what he's supposed to do? You know what I mean? And that, but that's because like this is highlight of yes, this one. Does. This is one. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case either. Um, I think, but it's because that piece gets highlighted once in a blue. We're now celebrating. Guys who are actually doing the basics, and that gets annoying too. I think that's okay. So if the basic, so my thing is if the if the demonstration of men doing the basics becomes more common, it's not like that's the pinnacle of what's supposed to be happening. Because that's the downside of ignoring the the numbers of men who are doing right. the basic things. I still maintain though that the key right now that you have power over is not what is the trope, but what am I doing. Um, I mean, I have no power over the trope. I mean, I, I know own, that. With my own seed. Like, what's important... Did you say seed? Seed, yeah. How, how Wu-Tangian of you? Seed? Yeah. That's Wu-Tangian? Yeah, that, maybe not Wu-Tangian, but it's very seed. It's definitely like 90s hip-hop-ish. That's my seed? You. Mm-hmm. I never thought of it that way, actually. 
I'm, I'm, we're about to step away from you, me calling you my old earth. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, what can you talk to your son about to start dismantling those bumbling father tropes now? Because the bumbling father trope is eradicated with the six-year-olds, not the 42-year-olds. It's eradicated with Maisie knowing that if you have a child with someone, everybody has to sleep. He's got to get up so you can sleep for a couple hours. And then you get up and he can sleep for a couple hours. It never dawned on me to ask that. And I thought that at least for the first couple of weeks of the child's life, everything had to come from me. Never dawned on me to be like, well, I actually do need to sleep. So I just didn't. So eradication of that sort of thing comes with comes from them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even sure how I'm going to do that, but... You mean with your daughter? Yeah. Um, I think the same way I do with my son. You, you, you explain and you give examples and you show examples. Right. I just, I don't know. She's not yet ready for, when we talk about sex in a biological sense, but if I ever try to talk about motherhood, she's like. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of biological sex, I had this conversation with um, my ex-wife last night. Mm -hmm. Um, Cole is six Mm -hmm. and he's asking questions. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, so far, he has the sperm and egg conversation that part of okay. had. Got it. What hasn't been explained is the delivery system of said sperm right. to said and egg. And what organs deliver them? Uh, he knows what organs has what. Okay. But he doesn't know how this leap from dad right. to and mom happens. Right. And how they, it feels really good. Right. So my Got conversation it. last night was, um, so he's asking questions. And I mean, I'm fine with giving him the full answers. Um, she, however, does that. so she goes, tell me how you explain sex to a six-year-old. Mm. And I say, okay, well, you already understand penis and semen and testicles and mom has a vagina and all the other things. So I start with penis goes in vagina. Yeah. She says, right, I'm out. Nope. We're not doing this yet. I'm not ready. Mm. And I was like, I'll take the brunt. I'll have the conversations with them. We'll do the debt. Cause six is literally the, you it's time. Right. Before it gets weird. Right. And my thing is, I'm fine with having the conversations, those uncomfortable ones, in part because I feel like I will do it halfway decent. Like, I didn't have um, those conversations with my mom was, my mom basically gave me the sex talk. The sex talk was penis, vagina, don't do it. Semen, egg, mm-hmm. condoms. Mm-hmm. Good luck to you. Mm-hmm. I'm 42. What years about old. your dad? 42 Nothing. years old. We have yet to have the sex talk. Okay. So, a lot of stuff I had to learn on my own, which means learning a lot of incorrect shit, and mm-hmm. then figuring it out later on. Mm-hmm. Like um, what? Um, what can you say? Like, ooh, yeah, that's not really how that goes. I'm trying to think how much I can say as I have this article that I'm working on. Um. Hmm. I'll say I, I. The idea of what a typical sexual experience looked, felt like, length of time, all the things mm-hmm. I had. I was raised unborn, mm-hmm. so confused and not understanding a whole lot of shit. Um, 
the actual mechanics of it, I knew. And I, I remember having to watch Miracle Life, Life in 8th Grade, which was a horrifying... Yes, it was. Event. Everybody who was a virgin in 8th Grade swore they were never going to have sex again. Have a sex period. Um, Little did we know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just... I think it's just a matter, more a matter of setting the foundation for the questions to be continually asked so I can get ahead of the misinformation and everything else. She, only, however, she, however, is not ready for that yet. She's not ready for him to know right. that. Why? Um, I think she's not ready to have those conversations with him. And there's no vacuum where I'm the only one who's having these conversations. Right, of course. Because like, as soon as you tell him, he's going to say, so mom. Right. Tell, tell me about me your about vagina. All about your vagina. And all the penises that go into your vagina. Right. So... She's like, well, well, let's read up some. Let's 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 go to the Google machine. Figure out how to do this. It's like, okay, but it's it's coming. You, I mean, penis has to go in vagina. Like, there's no way you can get around that. Right. Um. You can you can talk about ovaries and uteruses and penises and glands and all that. You can do all that, but eventually, the penis got to go in the vagina. Right. Otherwise, it's how does the sperm fly? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And how does she catch it? You know, mommy's not laying eggs like a fish. Nope. She's dropping them and they're being fertilized or not. It's really simple. If you could just get it all out in like one paragraph, it's super simple for a bright kid, which your son is a bright kid. So I think that's probably also her fear because he's smart enough that he can put all that stuff together and leap toward the next thing quickly. Right. Like, oh, so that's what happens when you wear fancy underwear. Got it. So, and, uh, I think it's, it's not so much the initial questions. It's the follow-up no, questions the follow-ups. That, that, that's got yeah. And some kids, you can give them the basics and they'll marinate on that for a month or two or right. a year or two. But he's definitely going to be like, got it. So what else is up? That's even consistent of, um, so it's, obviously it's Black History Month. And... He's his first grade class has been learning about race and segregation as much as you can teach in first grade about segregation. Um, his grandparents um, are divorced, so his grandfather is now married to a white woman. His grandfather is now married to a white woman. Yes, got it. So his step grandmother is white. Correct. And he asked my ex wife. Is that was that allowed when they did it? Is, mm. that, is that okay? Mm-hmm. Like, did they break the law? Just barely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. They're not. They're not. That just old. barely. They're not that old, but still. Um, I'm talking about in 2020. It's just barely. Oh yeah, that too. Um, so just a, as an idea of like connecting the dots and making that next leap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. That's so. That's how that goes. I had an easy time of it with. Uh, my daughter, she was ready and she had lots of follow-up questions, um, but it wasn't particularly difficult. The older one was the more difficult. Because? Um, I guess 10 years is a lot. The It wasn't as normal for a four-year-old to know everything in 2000 mm-hmm. as it was for a nine-year-old to know everything 10 years later, 15 years later. Right. Um, 
Sky was very insistent in knowing everything. Like, everything. Like, she <laughs> wanted to know if the penis has sperm in it and you have to put that in the vagina, nothing has to happen. You just put it in there and, and, wait. It, and the sperm is just going to come out. <laughs> She's four. And she knows there needs to be some type of something. Something. It's right. got to happen. And Eric's like, oh my God. <laughs> he explains ejaculation, you know, and it's the, the sperm that makes it there is the one that can fertilize it, blah, blah, blah. So how do you make a penis ejaculate? Those were the words I heard out of my four-year-old daughter's <laughs> mouth. And I've talked about this before, but for some reason, I see this scene so vividly in my mind. We were living in a small apartment at the time that overlooked Prospect Street in East Orange. And I remember she had just been asking, and sex, and sperms, and just, he was just like, I have to talk to her. And he kept talking to her mom and saying, she keeps asking me things. And she's like, don't you dare talk to her. And he was like, I can't. I'm going to tell her everything. And I remember him saying, Sky, come here. And she walked over and he picked her up and sat her on his lap. And he's like, you've been asking a lot of questions about sex. Can I explain to you how this works? And she was like, yes, you can. <laughs> I've been waiting for this moment. And they sat there for like an hour. And I just was kind of in and out of the room listening. And How did he do? He did excellent. Um until the end, when she's like, well, how do you make a penis ejaculate? That was it. He was done. <laughs> that was his cutoff. He was like, get off. <laughs> he was like, well, that's really more complicated. And we'll come back to that. But for now, I think you have all the information you need. Which is funny enough, it's, it's probably the easiest part. Which is why we keep getting in trouble and getting pregnant in the first place. Uh, is it the easiest part? What? The explaining how a penis ejaculates. Yes. That there needs to be friction. Right. Versus all the biology and all the things that happen in the conversation right. beforehand. Right. Well, see, if once you start saying friction, I know what the next thing would have been would have been does this hurt or does this feel good? Um Yes. Right, exactly. So um he did pretty good. And she does not remember the conversation, interestingly enough, but she knew she never forgot any of the information, but like if you ask her now, she has no recollection of the conversation. That's interesting too, because you don't hear much about fathers having to talk with daughters. So that was, you know, one of the things we were talking about earlier about stopping the the bumbling. Um, I noticed that he was always very much about trying to dismantle the patriarchy with his daughter. Um, that was one of the many ways, but. Uh, he definitely knew that he wanted to talk to her and he wanted her to hear all the naked truth from him and not from somebody else. Right. Because women, we often put things in there like, so you don't want to do that. So mm -hmm. then that happens and you don't want that to happen. Then he was just kind of like, right. this is a biology lesson. Um, so, but what you risk though, uh, Sky was always very free and very comfortable talking to Eric about stuff and me and her mom. Um, but then you risk your child coming to you at an age that you feel like is much too young and saying, hey guys, I'm going to have sex and I need to get on the pill. Because that's what we wrought. When you tell your child mm -hmm. everything they need to know at four, they're going to come to you at 16 and say, hey, it's about to go down. Remember that little talk you gave me? Yeah. But isn't it about to go down to 16 anyway? 
Of course. I lost my virginity at 15. Right. So, um, But it doesn't matter. So it's, it's your it's, daughter. It's, it's the hearing know. about it. It's the reality yes. of it as opposed to. You have only come into Maisie's life at 12. Mm-hmm. Let her come to you four years from now and be like, yo, Jonathan, what's up? I'm about to get it. You're going to have a heart attack. You're not going to be like, I'm so glad you were able to come <laughs> to me. This is great. My heart attack actually comes from my position more than the actual conversation. Right. It's It'll be both. Because I'm not trying to have Maisie's dad coming for let's me. Just, let's just say it's all three of us. Right. We're all together. Mm-hmm. So not because of your position. It doesn't matter if in four years mm-hmm. she's coming to us with this. We're all going to want to vomit. And I've just been reminded that she's actually almost 13. So that mm-hmm. could be three years from now. Nice. Nice. I, I had sex when I was 15. So here you go. I was 18. Mm-hmm. But I had the fake sex. Like, it was real, but I didn't actually have sex regularly for quite some time after that. Okay, explain the fake the fake sex. Well, actually, to be honest, it, it has two meanings. Fake sex has two meanings. One, I know a lot of people lose their virginity, and then nothing happens for a long time after that. And then they have sex again, and they have sex regularly forever. So that's, that's the, the first type of, the, not fake sex, but, mm. you know, fake sexually active. Where you kind of fall into some stuff and then it doesn't really get going until later. So that was the case for me. But it was mm. also the case for me, and no one explained this to me, um, that I lost my virginity twice. And That's no one the, the, told the, me the, that that could be possible. Explain that. Um, so the first time, uh, it wasn't complete. But it was complete enough that um, I bled. Mm-hmm. Um and then the next time, it the hymen was broken fully. And but the hymen, so can we have it this can conversation? Break and it can bleed. No, no, can we have this? Hymen breaking or not breaking is not the finish line to virginity. No, of course not. So you didn't lose your virginity twice. You lost it, it once. You know what I mean when I say that. I just mean that. The, the the arbitrary. I'm I'm, line I'm making a distinction we, because people will say that literally, and what? mean it literally. Say what? Like because my hymen didn't break, it didn't count. I'm still a virgin, or no, I'm a virgin that's not twice. a thing. Right, that's not a thing. But I'm just saying that for me, both of those, it happened. The whole process of it breaking mm-hmm. happened over two different experiences, and no one told me that that could be possible, mm-hmm. and I was a little freaked out about that. Um, but anyway, so I was 15 the first time and I was much too young looking back. Um, and it didn't happen again for, I don't know how long, but you just, what can you do? What can you do? What, what, how do you tell someone the right time? I never, I famously never told my daughter what age you should be. She would say all the time, well, what's the right age? How do I know when I'm old enough? And I would always say, there's no age. So I can do it now? Do you feel like it? You feel like you're ready now? Explain to me. You, There is no, I can't tell you that 12 is it or 22 is it. I can't. Um, if you're mature, if you can tell me that you're doing this for the right reasons. I used to tell her, she thanks me for this one all the time. If you are not comfortable enough with this person that you can't get a condom out, open it up, unroll it, Put it on him and put it inside you. If you're not comfortable enough with him for that, you're not ready. Mm. And 
I had a couple of those, but she said that's the one that she would often hear in her mind. Like, damn it, I know I couldn't do that right now. So even though I think I want to, knowing that I need to do that, first of all, right, and that I don't feel comfortable enough with this person to even ask if he has one, much less let me open it and put it on you. So uh, I remember she told me one day that she was wondering to herself, if I feel comfortable enough to make sure he does it, does that count? And I said, not to me. I feel like if you feel comfortable enough to do it, it says something about whether or not you're ready. So I don't know if she waited until then, but what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Now with my youngest child, it would be a different story. I will tell her, just don't do it. Why? Um, I'm saying that half jokingly, but she's a different kid. She wants parameters. She wants rules. We'll have those conversations about how to know when you're ready much later than I had them with my older daughter, just because they're different children. Okay, that's fair. Um, Faded? No, I'm, I'm thinking about all the awkward moments of puberty and adolescence and the dreams and the nocturnal emissions and all the stuff that are, that are coming that I think that's the part I'm not ready for. Why? Um, not so much for me, but I remember how embarrassing those things were in the sneaking and the hiding and the, the stuff. At least you guys were allowed to sneak and hide. We were not, women aren't even, girls aren't even allowed. We don't even get, we don't even get shown that that's a thing. I didn't, I don't the think hardest it, conversation I had with Maisie has been about masturbation. Because we don't, as liberal and as pro-sex as I am, that is such a hard conversation to have. We are not taught to be okay with that. Women are not, girls are not taught that it's okay to touch yourself and okay to bring yourself pleasure. We're just not. There's so much shame around that. I'm sure it is for guys too, but I always got the imp- impression that you guys had a little bit more leeway and it was more comical and expected even that you're going to jerk off. So I think the shame was in getting caught in the act more than right. the actual for us, thing. The shame was anything. Right. Like your parents could be 10 miles away and there's still shame there. Like I know my mother found the socks mm-hmm. and threw them in the laundry and, mm-hmm. and kept it moving. Right. She wasn't like the devil's going to get you, but mm-hmm. you're going to go blind. To, right. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, what it was all these surgeries because oh, I was beating my meat as a kid who knew huh. Cole, I'm not teaching Cole how to masturbate he's going to have 20-20 vision um, he already wears glasses is that what fathers do they teach glasses. their sons how to masturbate um, no was not taught how no, no you just figure it out so we're not taught how and we don't even <sighs> I read this great story I wish I could find it where women talk about discovering masturbation and how to do it. I was probably 30 years old when I read the story. And I don't know how deep into this conversation I want to go, but at the time, it was like a woman was like, I turned over, I just happened to turn over by mistake and I was like on my pillow. Mm-hmm. just the right spot. It was like, what? I mean, that's kind of how boys figure it out. Right. You, you, something rubs the right way. And it's exactly. Like, it's like, well, that feels oh, nice. Oh, all right. Okay. So, um, and then another woman the sock, is like, um, oh, I did this one day and I took off my towel from the bathtub. I was like, oh my God. 
So it's all these women just talking about their experiences. And in the back of my mind, I was like, what I do to get myself off is not in here. I know it. It's weird. I don't understand how, you know, why it happened the way it did and why it works. But I know nobody in this article is going to talk about this. And of course, you know, I'm reading through and this woman's like, okay, mine's really weird, but I like to do this. And I was like, ah, and I'm 30 at this point, like literally early 30s. And not having, because women are so different, you know, we don't have a communal jerk-off thing. We all have different parts that need to be frequented, I don't know what the right word is, differently. We all have different ways of getting off. And because of that, we're not, who's not, we're not talking about that. We're not at the slumber party like, oh, if I lay on my left side, like I can only have an orgasm by myself if I'm laying on one side. I can't think about, I think it's my left side. Who, when in conversation, is that supposed to come up? So that's not a thing for dudes either, though. Like, there's nuance for guys as well. Mm-hmm. And those conversations aren't being had. I feel like jerking off as a whole, there's nuances, of course. But you guys have this umbrella thing that we don't have. There's no umbrella thing for female masturbation. Some of us are not touching ourselves at all. Some of us are using a finger. Some of us are using other things. Some of us are just rubbing. Some of us, just, just this conversation. <laughs> um, just, so I we I, don't have an umbrella. I think there's, and I, I don't want to say one is harder to deal with than the other. Or I I'm not, huh. um, I think there is also a part of it because of for guys where it was so open and so trophy. Mm-hmm. There's another version of the same pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, because the expectation is that beating your meat was you assume that you're doing it off right. the bat, right. and and it's presented in an embarrassing light. So did you know that it existed before you started doing it? I don't remember when I started doing it. Oh, okay. so that's the first part. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to guess, I was probably eleven, twelve. That's about the age somewhere in it. But you, but the trope of it probably existed in your head before that. Well, yeah, I mean, because of TV shows and media and both. Like, think about American Pie. I didn't see it, but I know the trope. Half, I mean, I know the, the, half the movie is about the embarrassment. Having sex being, with a pie. Right. Well, that was like one scene, but half Is the, that an actual thing one would do? Put your penis inside of a warm pie? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to say no. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that the vast majority of men will tell you, no, that's not a thing. Okay. There's always two. There's right. always, of there's, course. There's At always least. there's always Philip who's yes. sticking his dick in blueberry Why do you pies. always say Philip? Why is your go-to always Philip? <laughs> I don't know why. It's, it's actually because of um, uh, uh, the comedy um, stand-up Elephant in the Room with Patrice O'Neal. Ah, okay. And he has this whole thing with Philip, and I just kind of it's been Philip ever since I've watched Elephant in the Room. The most, not the most, but no, I'm gonna say the most well done problematic stand-up routine I've ever seen in my life. I think I watched it. We ended up watching it together. Yep. It's, there's no way that stand-up should be okay in 2020. But But it is. But it is. Unlike Raw, that didn't age very well. And granted, Mm -hmm. Raw is much, much older. Mm -hmm. Elephant in the Room, I think, will stand the test of time better than... Uh, raw or a lot of other spaces. Okay. I think also because he's acknowledging 
how how fucked up, up what he's saying. Of course, it's, it's not like this is how this is how the world works. How it should be. It's like no, I know I'm a pig. I'm talking and shit. But I know in in reasonable society what I'm saying should not exist. Mm-hmm. However, my however my pee tastes like birth cake, birthday cake. <sighs> it's on YouTube. Watch it if you haven't. It's great. Um, but no, I think because. Um, it's generally expected that every boy that you're looking at is walking around walking around is doing this. Correct. Whether you are or you're not, you're dealing with the stigma of horny ass boy, blah, 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 blah. Even as you're just trying to figure out what the fuck any of this stuff is. You know, my theory also is that it like goes this, Like back. as a boy, there's no privacy in terms of the expectations of what you are or are not doing. It also goes to the fact that you guys actually are taught to put your penises in your hand. You have to. Mm-hmm. You have an intimacy and a connection. There's no reason for a woman to be touching her clit at any time, unless it's for pleasure. Right. Um, we don't need to touch anything when we're peeing. There's no need. Mm-hmm. So if you're ever caught, like, you can't even be in the bathroom. Like, what are you doing in the bathroom? Like, if you're a dude, you can go to the bathroom and you got to hold your penis. But for women, we don't even have that. Like, there's really no good reason for us to be... Doing anything down there. Except for pleasure, Ever. like you said. Unless it's for pleasure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I know my parents... I would have lost my virginity much... Li- I hate that expression. I would not have had sex as early as I did if I knew how to pleasure myself and felt comfortable in doing that. I would probably not have had sex until a good... Three or four years after I did. I had sex because I wanted to feel pleasure. Right. Period. And sort of so he would like me, but that's another problem in its entirety. Mm -hmm. But if I had been able to pleasure myself without feeling icky about it and feeling like it was okay, there's a lot of sex I'm not having. Even as an adult, 20-something-year-old woman, there's a lot of dudes I'm not fucking if I feel comfortable enough to get myself off and drink a beer and go to bed. A lot of times, I have had sex sometimes because I wanted to have sex, even if the person wasn't really the right person. It was utilitarian. It was utilitarian. It was often utilitarian. And if I knew then what I know now... I wonder how often I was a utility. I can tell you how often you are one now. Oops. You can take that out, right? <laughs> no. You can't always do that. You can't. You can't always do that. Uh.